DJK, what did we watch this time? Uh, we watched Free Jack with Emilio Estevez, Mick, Sir Mick Jagger, yeah. and Sir Anthony Hopkins. Don't forget, uh, if we were in Britain, we could get caned for not saying that. Like, is that a thing? I have no idea, dude. Oh, okay. Not what well, I know. I don't know. You travel. That's I, I, I am a historian. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we watched Free Jack, which is not a historical movie. Although, despite coming out in 92, it is set in the grim future of... 2000. Oh, that's what we we're supposed to do. It was not a bit we were doing it at the last week. In the grim darkness of 2009, it's Looper. Looper with Joseph Gordon Levitt and Bruce Willis. Uh, oh no, what's that coming back from time? Oh, it's Emilio Estevez and he's, he's, he's changed the future. And now it's Free Jack. What? What? No, no, that's not what I want. I want Looper! <laughs> so, uh, thanks for tuning in to our Reverse Looper episode. Yeah, this is our podcast, World of Tomorrow, the podcast about futures past. Uh, I'm Jet Wong. I'm Devin Kelly. And uh, tonight we listened... <laughs> sorry. We, it was an experience for, the, for all the senses. Mind, body, and soul. We watched Free Jack. Uh, so, it was directed by... Jeff Murphy? I've never heard of this this bad boy. I, yeah, he's he's a newbie to me. What's he done? Um So it stars Emilio <laughs> Estevez. That's um, what I thought. Uh son of uh actor Martin Sheen and brother to Charlie Sheen. Correct. You actually had to explain this to me because I had never heard that. Yeah, I was actually surprised that you didn't know that the Estevez were like an acting family. Well, I thought they were like there's. I thought that I, I knew Martin Sheen and Charlie Sheen were related. I thought they were like, were like cousins or something because they nope. look similar. You no, know, they straight up changed their last name to Sheen to make it easier, and then. Uh, but Emilio I, kept his. Yeah, and actually, um, oh shoot, their uh, Emilio's uncle does some work with uh, Tim and Eric. No way. Yeah, look is he up. like Richard Jones? No. Well, kind of. He's just as old as Martin, so it's like he does really weird old bit parts, like oh, okay. old man bit parts. Gotcha. I think his name's Joe Estevez. <laughs> so so when they need like they need someone to like wear the poop tube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically it's Joe Estevez. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, I feel bad, but that's, it's good. That's pretty funny. Oh hey Martin, how are all those Emmys doing? Anyway, I gotta go do a bit where a bit where I dress up in a in a child suit and, and get a bunch of pies thrown at me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, make, I'm making a living. Yeah, I'm, I gotta go do the spaghetti bit. <laughs> so uh, Free Jack was an interesting movie. That how did we hear about it? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I, th- I feel like we stumbled across it. It was very much a stumble thing where we found we found a link to it by googling "watched Free Jack online." Couldn't find it on Amazon, and eventually found a, a link to the whole movie on Vimeo. We're not going to reveal it because we want to keep it a secret for the rest it, of the yeah. internet. <laughs> uh, so the entire thing was on Vimeo, and they didn't even care. So it says a lot about the movie. Uh, looking job, at Warner. Yeah, I don't know anything else about the rest of the people who were in it. I mean, I know the main cast. It's got Emilio Estevez, obviously Breakfast Club, Mighty Ducks. Um, yeah, he's done a lot. The Outsiders. Yeah, Mick Jagger, uh, Rolling Stones frontman. Yeah. Um, it's got Sir Anthony Hopkins, probably best known for. Come on. Yeah. Silence of the Lambs. Well, I I, I didn't know if you wanted me to well, say. I, well, okay. Well, what else has he been in? Because I don't know. I don't know. He was in Red Two. Oh, yeah, he was. He was the bad guy. I know... Okay, he's been in a million things. We'll just well, say... He's been in a lot of things, but I know that he was also a composer. Oh, Westworld. 
Well, yeah. Hey, let's just, we'll cut that bit. No, I like it. Okay. Too late now. <laughs> well, well, then we'll cut the parts about us saying how we're going to cut the bit then. Cut the bit. Cut the bit. No, but yeah, he's a, he's a composer. He actually made his own um, music at I one I had no point. idea. Yeah, and uh, his wife, as like a birthday present, had him go to a concert, and the uh, conductor got a hold of his original sheet music and actually did. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it was cute. That's great. So, unlike most of the time where we have a bunch more background info, we got I got nothing else for you except that apparently the movie had a bunch of reshoots, uh, and about forty percent of the movie was reshot, and really? they made it uh, action comedy as opposed to just an action movie. Was it really supposed to be a comedy? No, it was supposed to be like a dark action movie. Okay, because they definitely left a lot of the dark in. I don't really. There's only one funny scene, and it was the homeless man. They tried for humor in a number of places, but this movie is so predictable that you can actually say the jokes before they happen. That's true. Emilio, I will say, this isn't his best, but he definitely phones it in. Uh, you literally, the characters phone it in so hard that Anthony Hopkins, throughout most of his scenes, is literally talking via telephone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he only has like five minutes in the movie. Yeah, he literally phones it in. And then the last scene, I'm pretty sure, was him. Like it was must have been one day of shooting tops. I wonder if he was high when he did it because he was like, I can't understand this. Someone give me a joint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's do a quick plot summary then, right? Sounds good. So it starts off in 95, 92. And Emilio Estevez is playing um, Furlong. Right. And he's a Alex. race car driver. Yep. And uh, cut in, in between shots of him getting ready for the big race right. are scenes in the grim future with Mick Jagger wearing so much leather that he creaks every time he moves, uh, getting ready to go into Zone 7. Yeah. What's weird is like Mick Jagger is known for wearing tight leather. This leather is very loose and it makes no, him look like bulky. But very Han Solo not, shoulder yeah. pads, but with more shoulder pads. Yeah. He has a loving girlfriend, played by... Rene uh, Russo. Rene Russo. And a, an idiot friend named... Uh, well, who who cares? His name is Brad. Was it really Brad? Uh, does it matter? No. And that's his manager, his race car manager. Yeah, he's... He's like the notorious like salesman, like yeah. always like loud mouth. Honest question: Do they have do they have New Manhattan area like sub pro casual stock car racing? Because that's what this appeared to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it didn't make sense to me. That, like, like in Manhattan, yeah, we're gonna get a souped up F one car. I'm not pro. I'm not signed on to any contracts. I have no sponsorships. I'm gonna just gonna drive this jet engine. He also was like a cocky driver and didn't understand the concept of sponsorship. Because as soon as crew, his, yeah. yeah, as soon as his buddy's like, "Hey, here's some big wigs," he goes, "Fuck you!" and yeah. then, like walks out. Is this? Did they have amateur amateur stuff F one back in the day? Did <laughs> we miss out on that? Yeah, I mean, we missed out on a lot. And in New York City too, like they had to close off a bunch of roads. <laughs> Whatever. Is it illegal? <laughs> uh, you know, maybe it's the same uh, the same part of town that they did the illegal luge. Maybe it's uh, like in the same. The same style as Rollerball, where they do the black market illegal street luge. They're doing, they're doing amateur F1. Wasn't that in L.A., though, or something? Eh, well, you know, it's uh, they had to escape it's from a, it. It's so. a city. It's a city, yeah. <laughs> All these generic cities. Except this one's actually clearly in New York, but whatever. Right. Uh, so he hits a tire, 
or something. He hits the guy's tire in front of him. Yeah, and, which and like catapults him into the air. <laughs> Skyward, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you'd think that'd be pretty bad. It is bad because he goes straight into a gigantic overpass. Yeah, basically a bridge. And he just explodes into about a fire. Well, does he though? No, he doesn't because he actually gets sucked into the future, into the year uh, 2009. Yeah. You know, 2009 doesn't look like uh, what it used to. No, because uh, 2009 is a grim, dark future where a bunch of scientists wearing a bunch of tinfoil get ready to lobotomize him to sell his body. Jesus. Uh, why did they take him into the future? Well, as you find out uh, by Mick Jagger, who speaks in sentences that at most have three words. Uh, <laughs> the least amount of syllables. Uh, he he uh, They abduct people from the past who are about to die and sell their bodies to the super wealthy who can therefore live forever. So basically, if I'm understanding this correctly, they become slaves in a way because they just don't own their body because they're supposed to be dead. I guess so, but they I think they imply that people are usually brain dead when they bring them to the future. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I think they did. Uh so um they're a bunch so they're traveling through New York City, which is now a hellish blasted wasteland. Yeah. It's full Mad Max. I mean it- it's not full Mad Max. Well, they're in still, Sector like, 7, which is the Bronx, a.k.a. full Mad Max. I feel like it's Half-Life 2. Yeah, there we where, go. Where it's like, the city exists, but man, is it slums. That's true, yeah. Uh, actually, maybe it's like Hell's Kitchen. It might be Greenwich Village. It might be somewhere really nice, actually. Oh, but... you think it's actually the way it is I currently? Think, I think it might be. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's a rocket attack. as a bunch of mercenaries attack this huge, massive armored convoy. Which is like seems needless for, for just getting abducting one guy from the past. Yeah, you, I guess they must have needed a bunch of firepower because the zone they were going to was a bad part of town. That's true. I, I didn't think about that. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're just it's being pretty smart. Excessive. Yeah, I'm being dumb. Yeah, there's a lot of squibs, a lot of bad effects, a lot of stock sound effects of gunfire. A lot of Mick uh, yelling at his subordinates. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of crashes, all the doctors get killed, and uh, Emilio Estevez, furlong, he escapes. Yeah. Uh, to which Mick Jagger screams, get the mate. <laughs> <laughs> Just, He's, he doesn't, like, he does a good job of, like, looking good. His oh my li- god his he's line so delivery is is just trash he is so photogenic for speaking in three word sentences <laughs> i lied heard, i lied do you ever heard of mad ape writing no it's a writing challenge where you can only write in words with three letters or more it's sort of a way to, for a writer to challenge himself it's like it's like uh jagger's doing that with his words and sentences <laughs> <laughs> like no letters n- nothing more than four letters except for gotcha which is five. <laughs> so, Vicendak, that's Mick Jagger's character. He's Correct. an elite bounty hunter. Yep. Um, honestly, this could be set in the same universe as Escape from New York. Well, we'll, have to, we'll wait until we get there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's wait until Because he looks we... like an Escape from New York type. Oh, yeah. He looks like, you know, the full leather. Full leather. He's got a, a second in command who's got, like, an eye patch. Well, he's, his whole left side of his face is scarred up. And it's not even an eye patch. He's wearing glasses right, with, he just like wears a, glasses. with a black tinted. <laughs> but then he takes it off and his eye looks fine. <laughs> I don't get it. Maybe it's I don't know, maybe he uh, maybe it's a fashion statement. Yeah, I'm only half blind. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. So Furlong escapes uh, uh what Mick Jagger's character. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, we'll just we'll just say him by the actors' names cuz yeah. they're not good. Yeah, then, yeah, the names aren't alright. So Estevez escapes Mick Jagger. <laughs> and uh, they go on a short chase through the city. He goes to his old apartment. Somehow gets let in by a guy who barely remembers him. Yeah, but I guess it's his super. Yeah. 
uh, and he finds out there's a black family living there, very Back to the Future too. Yeah, and they like they're like, oh, you're a you're a free jack, man, get out of here. Yeah, and that's where he finds out what a free jack is, which is someone who's been abducted from the past to be a body in the future. Yep. Um, and then he keeps running, and he eventually makes his way to uh, church. Yeah, where there's a nun with a shotgun. This this woman has been in a few movies. I couldn't tell you, like she's always a bit role. Yeah, but this she, was she strangest, plays it up. Yeah, this is the strangest character. At first, I thought she was just going to blast him, but like, no, she she gives him a f- food and drink and explains to him what's going on. Yeah, uh, he escapes some more, sees a bunch of billboards, and sees the twin towers are still shining, so it's still New York City. And there's a bunch of like huge two hundred foot tall billboards for like kill yourself suicide booths online. Yeah, it's like trying to promote like, hey, we should call down the population. Yeah, and like uh, you know, a bunch of advertisements for like. You ever see Blade Runner, the original? Yeah, of course. You know how in Blade Runner there are just a bunch of ads that feature, like, geishas just eating candy and they don't even have a product? Yep. It's yep, like yep, that, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's just like, hey, let's advertise sexy women. The con- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> bye now. <laughs> uh, so he eventually goes to his manager, Brad's place. Yep. Uh, and Brad explains to him, like, what a free jack is. Uh, because I guess the environment's so polluted they need old bodies? So, so the idea from what I gathered was... Um, hijacked people's bodies from from the past is because the environment is so bad that they don't want to <laughs> reuse a, a body right now. So dumb. Because yeah, it's kind of dumb. It's like I get that you want to live longer. It's like fifteen years. Yeah, it's well, yeah, yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. Uh, so they fu- so Brad betrays him, and because it turns out that the McCandless Corporation. Uh, is out to get him. And their boss, Mr. McCandless, played by Anthony Hopkins, is stuck in the spiritual switchboard. Yes. But we don't know that yet. Yeah, we do. No, we don't. Yeah, we see him talking. Uh, there's a holographic uh, There's a holographic scene where holographic Anthony Holopkins, or Holopkins, uh, explains to him that he wants uh, Estevez's body. When does he say that? He says, I want this body, Clarice. Yeah, but you don't know that's Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, you, oh, that's true. Well, yeah. there's only one. There's there's two British men in this movie. <laughs> Look, I, I get you. It was very obvious, and yeah. I, I, it was hard for me to go, that's not Anthony Hopkins, right? If we're doing a bad job of explaining, it's because the movie's so predictable. We th- we've seen this movie like 30 times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in different forms. If, if you watch this movie and can't predict what's going to happen on, on each edit, then I feel bad for you. <laughs> so what's the next scene now that Brad, Brad, his old buddy's got him? Brad sells him out. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what always happens. Of course. There's a fight in a cyberpunk diner where he's Brad a, gets killed. He's a salesman. He, he's slimy. Every single time. Yeah. Uh, Mick Jagger has a long chase scene. Yeah, another long chase scene. I thought this one was pretty good. Well, yeah, the, the motorcycle one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was actually pretty fun. And then he, well, eventually he swaps from the motorcycle into like a BMP, a Russian-made APC with a, with a screen in the center. <laughs> yeah. Wait, no, no, that's not... No, no, no. Yeah, that was, that was the next chase scene. He doesn't go into the BMP. Oh, he goes into like a... He goes into like a champagne cart. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so during the chase, he, he swishes from the motorcycle to like a champagne cart. Well, we're, we're jumping a whole entire section. It's sort of hard to remember, Devin. No, 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 I gotcha, I gotcha. Here, I, I'll, I'll take the reins. Yeah. So he, he, he takes the motorcycle and he evades the cops. The cops are the ones that show up. Right, right, right. Because uh, obviously he calls her uh, slimy sales buddy, calls the cops so he can make yeah. uh, millions of dollars and eat caviar. Um, so he's like, guess what? I don't know what to do. His buddy also mentioned where his 
old girlfriend. Right, Rene Russo is still alive 15 yeah. years later. Yeah, so he finds out that she's working in inner city, which is apparently not slum slum lord. No, that's like Neo Manhattan. Yeah, it's like it's like perfect. It's like uh, you want to live there. Yeah, it's there's nice. lots of really weird shitty cars, and because they couldn't afford the money to make Manhattan look different, they just have a lot of lots of cars that clearly have a bunch of plating on them. Yeah. Um, so he goes in there, sneaks into her apartment somehow. Later revealed that apparently Mick Jagger like yeah, let him in. Yeah, it doesn't dumb. make sense. She basically looks at him and goes, there's no way it's you, and kicks him out. He starts running, and Mick Jagger is soon to follow. This is where he gets into the champagne right. cart. Oh, so good. It was a, This was actually a really good chase scene as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's champagne shit flying everywhere, boxes smashing. <laughs> there's, a, there's like a vid phone inside, and Mick Jagger starts ca- talking to him. He makes a call. <laughs> yeah. And apparently in the future, the, the vid phones, whenever there's like a pop-up screen, and if you close it, the person on the other end can just open it back up yeah, remotely. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it was really good. It was good, though, yeah. Mick Jagger says lines like, I'll find you, and you can't run, and uh, <laughs> I am Mick, over and over. And then, ha, <laughs> Yeah, and then a looped laugh. I think the best scene was when he pointed on the computer screen to look up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was like, hey, buddy, look up. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of good stuff in that movie. Emilio gets away in in the uh, most action scene possible. It's where actually he, a pretty good scene. It's really good. but uh, It's the high point of the movie. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> he, he lets... So he goes onto an abandoned bridge that's under construction. There's a weird homeless man... Well, I, we, I, he jumps off the bridge to get oh, into yeah, it, and then he swims ashore. Here you go. Sorry, finds a weird homeless man who proceeds to... They must have been trying to reach reach a minimum runtime because <laughs> <laughs> this, this homeless man tells like a four-minute long story. It's like an analogy that doesn't land in my no, opinion. No, it's, it's... And that's not a pun because it's about an eagle. <laughs> yeah, he's a crazy old old man with... with it goes nowhere. Uh, eventually, though, it turns out that... Um, Rene Russo and her bodyguard, a guy with a katana. Yeah, Boone. <laughs> Boone, a man with a katana and like a submachine gun, are looking for him. She now believes that he is who he says he is and they want to get him back. Correct, yeah. Another big gunfight. <laughs> Three way <laughs> fight ensues where Mick Jagger's goons, a bunch of corporate security guys from a Candlest Corporation, and Boone, and I guess probably some homeless people, just get into a big fight. Boone gets shot. He was there for like five minutes. Honestly, Boone did not have to go the way he did. So much charisma. He he. First off, yeah, he was the best character by far because he was just lovable. Yeah. Talking about grandma and everything. I know. He also got shot in the hero. Oh yeah, way. and he has a bunch of grenades. Well, not only that, but he got shot like a hero. Where he, he got shot in a place that obviously you won't die, Ugh. and you can easily live if you just like back out from the fight. Another scene where you can call it many minutes ahead of time. The second Boone walks on screen, he might as well have said, hey, what's up? I'm, I'm, I'm going to heroically sacrifice you for a few minutes. Make sure that your life is worth it, Caucasian oh. man. <laughs> yeah, and he, he clearly says it's like, you inspire my grandma, so I trust you. It's like, oh, later, Boone. Yep, see you later. Well, I, you just you just confirmed your death. <laughs> it's as though you signed your own warrant out of the, in the script. He, he still was the best character. Uh, he Somehow he saves Mick. How is that again? Okay, so Mick is, like, walking through the warehouse, and he spots him. He's about to shoot him. Or that's Emilio right, is. That's right. Emilio Estevez has beaten up a bunch of goons with helmets that look like total spheres. Yeah, These are not sense. good helmets. They that, look too big. The Stormtrooper helmets from Star Wars look like elite badasses for these guys, <laughs> who look like they're, they're inside Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. Yeah, suits. it's like a globe on a head. <laughs> yeah, they look like a bunch of snowmen. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, they look like those big red man suits that you wear, like to, when dogs, like to, to, to train police dogs. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a bomb squad suit, but yeah. not as cool. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, so he chooses not to kill Mick Jagger, and Mick Jagger's like, "All right, you run five minute head start." <laughs> basically, Mick Jagger gives him the chance to run because he spared his life. Yeah, he meets back up with Rene Russo, uh, and they decide, "I know what we're gonna do. We're gonna go to the headquarters." Rene Russo works for Mister McCandless, played by Sir. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, they're going to get his help. So they go there. They see a slimy guy. Oh, he played the dude in um, Breaking Bad. What was his name again? Oh, shit. I don't remember. Oh, Jonathan Banks. That's right. Yes. And he plays Mr. Michelet, who's like the senior VP or something. Yeah, he's basically second in command. Yeah. And Michelet's like, oh, you don't understand. Mr. McCandless. And he points into like a big coffin. He's already dead. He died six days ago. And he's been in the spiritual switchboard. Yep, yep. Except it was three days ago because you can only spend 36 hours in the spiritual switchboard. Right, of course. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot this movie's very important setting rules. God, come on. Uh, so he explains, well, don't worry. Uh, this is the evil plan. You were brought to the future. I know you two are working together. I'm not an idiot. So what's going to happen is you're going to leave and I don't care. And uh, Mr. McCandless is going to die. And I get to inherit all the company. And then he sends him on his way, and then immediately says, kill them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to tie up that loose end. Yeah. Basically, he might as well have said, Emilio, Rene, look away for a second. I have to talk to the audience to explain what's going on. <laughs> yeah. We've said it like 30 times, but I, I think that there's an idiot in seat 7G who doesn't know. Also, I'm going to... So, so, so then he <laughs> takes off his coat, sits backwards on a chair... <laughs> uh, he's also basically trying to say, please don't kill me. Yeah, please don't kill me. It was, it was, it was dumb. Uh, then they get down to the ground level for a pretty sweet scene. We're talking about like when uh, Mick Jagger's crew just starts lighting them up. Yep. Yeah, actually, I, 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 I kind of thought it was a lot cooler than it was going to turn out to be because I thought they were going to open the door, everyone's going to shoot, and then Amelia would pop out and like kill a few people. Yeah. No. Instead, we get like a, a decent firefight between the the bomb squad knockoffs and a bunch of leather clad like fetishists a bunch of bikers from like the cleveland leather uh leatherwear conference jesus yeah and that was last, that was two weeks ago man i wasn't yeah it was huge oh i didn't know that but uh they were just a bunch of yeah a big shootout and uh, emilio estevez says we're gonna get out of here let's go to the top floor well, no, he goes. He tries to go back to the 100th floor. Oh, that's right. And yep. then all of a sudden, the elevator gets hacked. Yeah. Guess El- what? Brings him up to the 200th the floor. The 200th floor, yeah, the McCandless building. 200th floor of the McCandless building appears to be like a weather balloon. <laughs> it, it It's straight the, like, like the doppel. Like, yeah, you ever played like with Jax as a kid? Like yeah. Jax in a ball? Yeah, it's it definitely, like yeah, jack. that's a good, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> exactly. And apparently the second you walk into that, you're just in VR. <laughs> yeah, you're just immersed in reality. Yeah. A different reality. Uh, and Sir Anthony Hopkins, who I suspect was on set for maybe two days. Let's say three, including the reshoots, is there. Yep. Agreed. He, he This is his This is his main po- section, because we've only seen him in minor phone calls. He phoned it in, like I said, literally. <laughs> he literally phoned it in. I think he said he was in Australia at one time, and then he was in the office at the other. Yeah. So this is the first time we see him walking around as a digital image because we know he's dead yeah yeah so he explains that uh oh i'm so sorry uh this is all a big misunderstanding see i kept on jerking it to the young hot emilio estevez and i wanted to be him and i have always loved you Rene russo so i'm gonna put my mind in emilio estevez's hot young body 
Uh, and uh, you know, Emilio is seventeen at this point, so I don't think that's correct. Okay, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then and then it's okay. But you know what? I was wrong. I love you so much, Rene Russo. I'm gonna kill myself, and uh, you two can just be happy and pretend to be me. What do you say? Yeah, that sounds good. And then he goes to Mick Jagger and goes, "Hey, Mick Jagger, call off the whole thing." Six six a two four. Wink wink. Wink wink. <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, okay. Hey, ha- ha- hey, Anthony. So how are we gonna walk out of here? Well, first you have to kill me." Yeah, Put, push this 35-button sequence in. Oh, you got it wrong? Okay. You try so, it again. Yeah, so it's pretty clear he's stalling for time. Yeah, yep. As soon as as soon as soon uh, Emilio understands this, he goes, you're stalling for time. <laughs> as, again, might as well have taken off his jacket, swung around the back of a chair, <laughs> yeah. talked to the audience. Uh, so Mick Jagger runs in with like two or three miscellaneous red man goons, suit goons. Yeah. And uh, they, they finally get ready to use the... This, the uh, the the consciousness transfer device, right? Which is also just like a mini jack. What's again? The weather the weather device? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looks like a jack. Uh, that involves just two people putting their hands on spheres. There's no like. <laughs> yeah, I don't get how he he made it seem like he was stuck, but the, he he placed it there. He just put his hands on top of it. Yeah. So I don't know how. He- I don't know. Magnetized? Uh, we go through a pretty bizarre scene of people yelling no <laughs> and some comp- Compton fire. Yeah, I mean, it was like a weird, trippy effect of let's go through all of uh, Emilio's memories in Free Jack. Let's watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's watch so this far. movie like we were on acid. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, there's a big explosion because well, yeah, the guy Jonathan the guy, Banks comes in. Yeah, and everyone gets jarred by this. So Rene Jonathan Russo, Banks has a gun. He shoots the machine. No, Rene Russo. Shoots oh, the machine. that's right. Rene she, Russo she uses a gun. the opportunity to grab a gun and shoots the machine blows up everyone's disoriented yeah, that's right yeah uh which is actually kind of cool yeah and, and then they have a pretty interesting scene actually probably the second best scene in the movie yeah definitely where uh they they kind of they're not sure if the transfer went through if, yeah if his mind was copied over by anthony hopkins there was only 22 seconds and <laughs> apparently they've done transfers that quickly but it's also been long so there's no guarantee <laughs> and then Mick Jagger oddly says, well, there's no way to test him because we can't do a retina scan. We can't do a voice check. We can't. They go down the list of, like, how do I re-identify that this man is actually the man without he ever, says he is. Without ever talking to him yeah. <laughs> even though like, he's in the room. He's in the room and he's, like, clearly like, hey, man, I, 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 I'm Anthony Hopkins. It's me. Yeah, and he says, like, I, I know the secret code. Yeah, and then he goes... Jonathan Banks at this point is like, no, 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 hold on, this is my company now. You're you're dead. Yeah, you're just you're just Emilio Estevez. You're no, you're a mighty ducks coach. You're yeah, nobody. You're nobody. And then he starts saying some numbers at McGregor. Six. And I thought that was the whole code because there's yeah. a five-second pause. He's like, my secret code is six. Six. And it goes for like ten seconds yeah. of tension. There's a, a a click, like Mick Jagger's looking at a phone, and he goes, <laughs> go on. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Jonathan Banks goes, no. No, <laughs> the character just keeps every time Amelia says an over, he goes, "Go on, <laughs> yeah. proceed." Yeah, you might as well have like had to say line. <laughs> like, line. Spend five minutes opening up. Oh, I have to find the notes app. <laughs> it's so long, uh, but uh, in the end. Uh, he gives a like, the super long code, and he's like, "Oh my God, Emilio Estevez is dead. Anthony Hopkins, he's in his body now." And uh, uh, Joseph Banks says, "No." <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Banks basically pulls a gun, 
and, and uh, they have a real end of RoboCop moment where they're like, "You're fired." Yeah, you're you're fired. And then everyone that works for McAllister just turns their gun at yeah. Jonathan Banks and just opens Including, up. I'm pretty sure some of those scientists who just yeah. pull out Glocks. No, they like, definitely had Glocks. Yeah, they just start shooting him. <laughs> they're like, and, "We're here too." Yeah, they just shoot him 50 times and he falls through a door. It was kind of great. It, it was good. Yeah. So you think that the heroes have lost? That uh, Emilio Estevez is dead forever. Rene Russo's pissed. Yeah, but so they go downstairs and uh, they they get into a car. And then Mick Jagger comes out. Well, first off, they start driving in the car. Yeah, they start driving away. And then Mick, ha- Mick Jagger comes out. What does he? What does he do? Wong? He says, "Hello, hello, Gov. It's me, Mick Jagger." <laughs> okay, now you're just being nationalistic. He, he does. He does say, "I lied." <laughs> well, yeah. So he, I'm sorry. He creaks over in his full leather bodysuit. <laughs> <laughs> smelling of oil and, and boy scouts of, and, and like leather working classes and he walks over and rolls on the window and he's like i knew you weren't mccallister i found out two things <laughs> and he goes oh yeah what's that mccallister can't drive right, yeah and it's like that was the reveal that yeah. made mccallister wasn't the fact obvious. that he literally came up with a bunch of random numbers that you just went with and then he goes oh yeah that you were completely off oh lloyd <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was i don't know why I, I find him screaming i lied so funny but it was just funny because like after like a sweet epic scene they like played off like oh yeah no he's alive and yep the only reason is because i'm i'm gonna be a friend so living in the grim future of 2009 with polluted atmosphere and etc and then Emilio estevez drives away with renee russo to a happy ending the end we don't know where but apparently they're happy new york city to oh. sector 13 <laughs> they're gonna go blow up the shinra power plant C- city 11 yeah city of the city 11 <laughs> Hey guys, if you could take a moment and actually go onto iTunes and review our podcast for five stars, that would be great. It really would. Uh, so Apple's pretty opaque about how podcast ratings work. But uh, if you know us in real life or you like what we do, uh, the best way to get the word out is to give us a five star rating on iTunes. And if uh, you give us less than five, well, um, it's not great. But uh, hey, it's, give us some critique. It's like when I used to work at GameStop. Anytime you got them to customer review you, uh, anything less than nine was a failure. <laughs> so yeah, five stars is the correct number of stars, and uh, we'd, we'd love to have your review. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, thanks. So DJK, what yep. did they get wrong? Well, uh, first thing that comes to mind is uh, the stun laser weapons that all the people are using to Standard get Amelia. Issue, yeah. yeah, yeah, those don't exist. And cops, <clears throat> although they wear helmets, they're not perfect spheres. Yeah, the cops, although the outfits kind of look like cops, the helmets are completely off. Yeah, and leather's <laughs> out of fashion. And uh, full leather bodysuits are also out of fashion. Yeah, yeah. Um, New York is apparently a slum uh, town, which is... Divided only- into sectors, of course. Yeah, um, those slum towns are just free range. Apparently you can kill and do whatever you want. With no regard to the law. Yeah, to, to open up a door, you say the word door out loud. Is it? Is, how many times does that happen? Uh, only once, oh. to get into uh, um, her apartment. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, also, there's automatic lights. You yell lights. Wait, are we doing what's wrong or what's right? What's wrong, of course. Oh, I guess, yeah, that didn't well, happen. We didn't have that in 2009. We yeah. had the clapper. We got those automatic lights now. Yeah, we got to get on that Google Home train. <laughs> Uh, cars in Freejack look like straight garbage. There's two types. Number one, totally ramshackle, like, city's half-life Mad Max garbage. Mm-hmm. Or weirdly curved, curvaceous domes, and they're all egg-shaped with just a bunch of wheels glued onto the side. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was really strange. Like the cars never made sense to me because it was just like completely like an, a limo escort car. Yeah, I remember the there was one that you see early on that Julie's in where the front of it is like uncovered like an old timey chauffeur, right. and they just get wet if it rains. Yeah, there's <laughs> like, like no shielding. Yeah. Um, I got a grim one that they got wrong. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's 2009, right? Mm-hmm. They had the Twin Towers. They didn't predict that. No, yep. no international terrorism. I don't terrorism. think there's way, any way they could have predicted that. We also don't have time travel. Are you sure? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Prove me yep. wrong. We also don't have time travel. Prove me wrong. What, what are you talking about? Prove you wrong to what? How, how we don't have time travel. We also don't have time travel. <clears throat> Devin, I think it's your time. Um, <laughs> the date joke. is 5-17-2018 at 10 p.m. at night. Uh, please teleport back to this specific time to prove... Uh, Jet Wong here is actually wrong. Oh, shit, Devin! Hey, whoa! Where'd you come from, man? Hey, I came from the year 2022. Whoa! Uh, yeah, four years in the future, well, man. Well, Devin, you're gonna have to go back because we were wrong because we still didn't have time travel in 2009. Shit. Hey, I'll uh, see you later, man. Yeah, I can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck here. Oh, uh, it's a real looper situation. Yep, we're... We're in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, Devin of the Devin of the future. How about you go take a quick dump, and uh, Devin in the past, and I will finish free jack. <laughs> so uh, the spiritual switchboard apparently allows you to keep your brain alive after death. Well, no, no, no. It's not your brain. It's your soul. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Although it only works for three days for some reason. Uh, at which point, I guess, it just stops working. Like, like if it's your iPod, you oh, plug the, it in. Oh, yeah. The, the the spiritual one. Yeah. yeah. So as far as prices go, yeah. uh, you know how in a lot of movies they get inflation like, oh, gas will be $3 a gallon. Yeah. I think they wildly underestimate the prices here. Why, why do you say that? Well, to get a, to abduct um, Emilio Estevez from the past, it's $17 million. And that seems to include not one but two full mercenary companies, a bunch of APCs, a bunch of rocket launchers, and a time machine. Well, it's like a bounty at that point, isn't it? Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know how much money this movie made? 17 million dollars. 17.1 million dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was also the sectors. I mean, right when he arrived, Mick Jagger was talking about which sectors he was running into, which obviously doesn't happen. I mean, we have cities. We have the Bron- we have the boroughs. Yeah, they got Bronx. We got to go to New York and, and ask the, the, the archive people how, <laughs> about, how, how about how those boroughs work. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, could you, could you explain how uh, New York works, We're actually? We're going to have to go to this one film, film archive and just... <laughs> We need all your information. Please. Everything you got. Uh, uh, you, you forgot the 12th century? Ah, oh, darn. Well, what do you have on the modern day? Okay. So, uh, they got a lot wrong. I, I think it's because it's a 90... It, it was... It was it was just a cheesy movie. They weren't trying to go for an accurate future. Well, I, I think what's good about this is that they, they they stretched, and a lot of like future movies don't always like want to do something so far. I mean, they'll either go all the way, or they just... They, they fall right. short. And they try some things. They mention the corporate wars uh, when talking with a bunch of Japanese businessmen. Once once again, I'd like to note, no, it was the trade wars. The trade wars. Yeah. We well, got we to gotta have a drop, a musical drop, every time we talk about Japanese businessmen or corporate wars. Yeah, I, I swear, every time we watch one of these movies, they either bring up economic wars, the trade wars, or the corporate wars. I think every movie we've seen has had that. Yeah. Except the, Cherry 2000, but it might have had that. No, I'm sure it had that. That was the that was the trade wars or the economic wars.
So make sure to follow us. I am at lwongo2. That's E L W O N G O two on Twitter. And uh, we have a new uh, Twitter account. It's Futures Past Cast. Yep, that's at Futures Past Cast. Make sure to follow there, and uh, keep us from forgetting we have them. Please, please remind us. <laughs>So, Dev, did they get anything right? Jamie? Jeff? I got one thing. Do you know what it was? Uh, no. It was video contacting. Right. That's honestly the only thing I could see that was quick and easy and totally spot on. That we had Skype in 2009. Yep. We made Skype. some Skype calls in 2009 because I had just gone out to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I forgot about a lot so, of those Skype calls. Yeah, so uh, that's it, I think. Yep. Um, yep. Why does this always happen? So uh, the the 90s were a time when we saw a shift from the nuclear age to the technology the information age, right? Yep. We had a popular perception. Uh, 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 this was a post-Vietnam era. Mm-hmm. So I think that trust in government had hit a low that it has never really totally recovered from, uh, save maybe some time after 9-11. We also saw these two things combining with the internet to create you know, thoughts on conspiracies and uh, you know, the rise of um, easy communication definitely allowed it some more uh, some some more fringe subcultures, be it uh, you know the nationalistic right uh, to you know fans of sci-fi and fantasy to more easily communicate. Um, and after the 80s and into the 90s, some of these themes, like again cyberpunk, started to filter further and further from you know an auteur thing like Blade Runner or a Bolton board system to popular culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1991 was when we had Shadowrun come out, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. We had pieces like Neuromancer in the late 80s. So by the early 90s and the late 80s when this movie was being worked on, we had the cultural osmoses of all these post-Vietnam, you know, post-Vietnam information age factors working together uh, to create, you know, this this consistent dystopian tone that we can see in a lot of fiction, especially sci-fi fiction. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So there is essentially no commentary on this movie except for reviews. Nobody's talking about it the way they were the sixth day. But there was one review that I loved. Yeah, this was uh, in the New York Times... uh, Amanda Plummer, as a gun-toting nun, delivers some unexpectedly lively lines and slugs one of the villains, but mostly seems to have wandered in from some other film, which is pretty spot on. Yeah, it kind of describes a lot of the movie, which... Did you like it? I did. It was definitely misplaced characters sometimes, uh, poorly described at others, but it was definitely like that C plus movie that somehow held through. Yeah, there are are things about it that I loved, like the fact that the plot is so completely predictable. Yeah. Um, the fact that uh, it's just generic, like dystopian, grungy '90s sci-fi. Yeah. The fact that Mick Jagger never ne- never seems to understand where he is or what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that Anthony Hopkins is literally phoning <laughs> his lines, and the fact that Emilio Estevez has to take this totally seriously. It's great. It's it's actually really fun and um and a couple of the scenes actually are pretty fun to watch yeah in like the cheesy action movie way yeah yeah but I, I definitely think misplaced characters is a is a key thing that homeless man the, yeah. the executive the weird guy in the the diner there's a lot of bits that 
uh, feel like they wandered in from other films. Like yeah. they were from other scripts that they had to paste in. I was just w- waiting to see the Centurions like walk by. On <laughs> yeah, yeah, from a different yeah from a different <laughs> movie. A bunch of Romulans or something show yeah, up too. Like, yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know if I could recommend it, and it's certainly not a piece of sci-fi culture we can ever go back to, but, like, I think it does sort of predict, um, the rise of, like, celebrity-driven sci-fi flicks that we have today. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think we saw that a a little beforehand, um, in the 80s, uh, probably not as abundant, but I think that what it, what it did show is that, like, some movies, even if it doesn't have a good script or a, um decent idea the celebrities are in it and make it work and i think specifically for a for a genre film like a sci-fi flick yeah right like we get tom cruise in stuff like oblivion which i thought was pretty bad but it sold it moved seats you know what was my favorite what edge of tomorrow edge of tomorrow another actually good movie though. i actually love that movie with a really strong cast another tom cruise flick another tom cruise flick i would love to talk about that yeah this is not the show hard to imagine um maybe a movie in the 60s um Maybe not the 60s. Hard to imagine a lot of movies in the 80s and 70s that were, like, clearly genre sci-fi films with big, big leading men, right? Mm-hmm. Like People uh, that have been established in the industry for a very long exactly. time. Exactly. Unlike Harrison Ford, who, yeah, he did Star Wars, but at the time of Blade Runner, it was kind of, like, right. still... I mean, think to uh, Orson Welles, right? It was a joke with Orson Welles when it was in the Transformers, the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, that was a joke. Nowadays, if they made a sci-fi Transformers, like, not a live action, like a cartoon, Mm -hmm. you fucking know they would get, like, every big-name star they could find. Yeah, which is good and bad in some ways. Uh, It makes me sad that only stars are selling content. Right, especially all digital content. But still interesting to think that, like, oh, yeah, there was a time when a Black Panther... You know, or a superhero flick would not have a Marlon Brando. Well, obviously not Marlon Brando, but like, it would be weird to see Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy Stewart in like a triple A sci-fi movie. Like right? It would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would, just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, and I think I don't know if Mick Jagger paved the way, but it's interesting to realize. Oh, there was a time when there wasn't that. Yeah. Can I talk about one more thing? Sure. You ever play a game called The Swapper? No, I don't believe I have. You saw me googling it earlier. Yes, I did. So the last scene in this movie. Uh, made me think to the swapper. Jeremy, you're just reading this off. No, I'm not this time. This is this is a review. This isn't even Max Peltier's <laughs> assistant who gave me a little research to help. Thank you, Max. Uh, so, the swapper is a game, a puzzle game, where the core mechanic is you have a gun, it's a 2D side scroller, all claymation, which is interesting, hmm. uh, and your gun can make copies of you, and those copies mimic you exactly, hmm. and the alt fire on the gun lets you teleport your mind into a copy. Oh, okay. So you will sacrifice copies constantly to jam up gears and whatnot. Uh, you'll have a bunch of copies spawn. You'll have the move to walk over uh, off a cliff, for example, to push a button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the towards the end of the game, you find out that your character is actually like five characters. That like of the characters you've seen throughout the game, uh, some of them are all the same consciousness at different points. It's complicated, but yeah. The core question is about the swapping device, and I had to think about that when watching the end of this. So, spoiler alert for a game that came out in, like, 2010. You have the option of being rescued at the very end, right? Mm-hmm. But you've clearly got a bunch of weird energy, so the evac ship is about to leave. Mm-hmm. So you have a choice. You can shoot the gun at the rescue guy who's in a spacesuit that looks identical to yours, and you swap into his consciousness, and you swap with him. Or you can choose to jump off a cliff and decide to end it all. Here's the thing, though. The swap gun causes issues where it's not always clear if the swap was successful. 
because you can't always prove that the person who got swapped was swapped. There's no, in this setting, there's no like brainwave pattern you can scan. And uh, people's memories always get scrambled when they get shot with it, and they're just being on the planet. So the question is, if you decide to survive by swapping your brain with the rescue team, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially killing him, but you don't remember that you did it. Did you actually survive? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. I think no. Yeah, like, if you if you did that, um, did you, and you swapped with one of the scientists from earlier on in the game, if that's you, did that scientist survive? Because you don't ever remember being the scientist. Right. The scientist I, wanted to live, but... I think that's a hard question to say, because I think um, this, this, this actually theme comes up in a lot of movies and, and video games where, you know, if... If my character has amnesia and I start living a lo- a new life, um, like what what's the Arnold movie where he goes to Mars? Oh, Total Recall. Total Recall, <laughs> where he's like, oh, I'm the I'm you know I'm not a bad guy. I'm working with the mm. guys. You're you are me. Just do the right thing. Right. He's like, well, and then he's like, well, I'm not that anymore. I'm now myself. Right. So. They never really got to that in the sixth day. I I was surprised they never had something where like a clone would kill someone and like. Right, it was kind of strange because even right at the end of the sixth day, like he cloned himself, and the clone was alive while he was also still dying. Yeah, they didn't they didn't go into that as much as we, aside from some some a pretty good joke of would you stop? You know, would you <laughs> yeah, slow yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, would you slow? I'm dying here. Yeah, would you stop? Yeah, would, yeah. What would you do? So aside from that, they never really went into the ethics would, or issues of that. But if you think about it, that's an interesting point in time where there is no overlap. Right, there's that like black void of like consciousness that won't be transferred to the clone right uh soma is a game that analyzes that really nicely where uh in soma the rules are that you know minds are just information so they're easy to copy or upload uh and uh, a number of characters decide to kill themselves because they recognize that even if their minds survive on like a space station they they don't want there to be two so it's the second they upload their mind, they kill themselves. It was very interesting. I don't know. You know what also did that? And I love how we're yeah, branching right. off. No, that's cool. It's too um, late now. Is it? No, is we're, it we're padding out this episode. Yeah. Keep rolling. <laughs> Keep roll- Crazy old black man. Tell the story about the hawk slower. <laughs> yeah. uh, our producers are telling us to keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in Altered Carbon, yeah. they have a similar thing where um, one of the like minor bad guys is... Uh, he calls his 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 copy his brother, That's but it's right. really yeah, just him. Yeah, he's the Russian guy. Yeah, which I thought was very interesting and kind of like, like, actually, it was just such a good theme. Yeah, like, it was a good theme that yeah. they actually they pro- they delivered on the promise of the premise in that show. Yeah, where it's like, hey, we're, here's the future, here's the possibilities, and here's what this one guy did. Right. Whereas, uh, you know, we never get an analysis of that. I don't know. I think we're just doomed to never really get the is, this implications of a lot of this stuff in these movies. So yeah. that's life. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's good to look back and like understand what they're trying to do. Sure. I think yeah. this is a necessity. And by that, we're, they're trying to make a fun movie. So exactly. So what should we do next time? Let's do something a little more intellectual. Maybe not. That sounds so elitist. Let's do something a little better. Like a, like, <laughs> how about okay. like escape from new york and la uh well those are really way better movies for sure uh i was thinking um i got this, there's this jim cameron feature called uh, strange days you ever heard of it uh yes i believe i do i have it has ralph fines in it yeah uh let's try for that but you know what we should do first what uh Make la out. 2017 we gotta get that done yeah I, I think we can do it. I think there's yeah. I I have I have some leads. I found a website. Yeah. Um apparently there was a few YouTube YouTube links like 
got demolished on the dark web. Yeah, on the, well, on the yeah. shadow net. Yeah, on the shadow net. Uh, on on TubeUb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the dark. Imagine if you will a dark YouTube. <laughs> dark YouTube. Ooh, um, that would just be a lot more cat videos, yeah, wouldn't it? Would, yeah, and a lot more Spider-Man and Elsa. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll be Strange Days. Maybe something else. We'll we'll try and make it a little bit more uh, setting meaty. Steven Spielberg, LA 2017. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. All right, so as always, this has been uh, The World of Tomorrow. G- give us our signature sign-off. Yeah, thanks for joining us on our, our podcast, World of Tomorrow. <laughs> what you said. <laughs> you dumb piece of shit. Yeah. I'll see you next year. <laughs> see you next year.